everyone, welcome back to Hysterified Podcast, a horror movie review podcast. I'm Paola. And I'm Danielle. And today, we are not in our usual setting. We're filming in the daytime because we aren't able to film at night. Which kind of sucks because we like the spooky vibes at night. But we're going to make it work today. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking about the new James Wan movie um, called Malignant. Uh, I believe it's still in theaters, but we watched it on HBO Max. So you can watch it there as well. So Malignant is a 2021 American horror film directed by James Wan from a screenplay by Akila Cooper based on an original story by Wan, Ingrid Bisu, and Cooper. The film stars Annabelle Wallace, Maddie Hassan, George Young, Nicole Brianna White, and Jacqueline McKenzie. Um, but before I read you the synopsis, we as always want to let you know that there's going to be spoilers. This is not spoiler free, so if you have not seen the movie yet um, and you don't want it to be spoiled, go watch it in the theater or on your TV, on your couch, in your house. Yes. So now I'm going to read you just a tiny plot synopsis. Paralyzed by fear from shocking visions, a woman's torment worsens as she discovers her waking dreams are terrifying realities. Dun dun dun. So, what were your thoughts? Thoughts. Um, the opening to, not opening, the opening credits look like a TV show. Specifically, they looked like how they did Fear Street or how they do American Horror Story. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I wrote that down in my notes, too. I feel like it was kind of strange. It was like they did kind of like a cold open of a show or, in this case, a movie. And then they went into, like, a little intro sequence, which I feel like is rare for movies nowadays to have intro sequences like that. But, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it was a little strange. But I noticed that as well. Mm Mm-hmm. That's what, literally like my first bullet. <laughs> um, oh, this movie also takes place in Seattle, which apparently is like the ideal setting for horror movies or something, because The Ring took place in Seattle too, and mm-hmm. so did Twilight. <laughs> That's not really a horror movie, but it's like, you know, paranormal or something adjacent, because mm-hmm. it's got vampires and whatnot. Yeah. But yeah, apparently, maybe it's because it's so like gloomy or something that yeah makes it a good setting when i saw the trailer for the movie it reminded me of the ring Mm -hmm. and after seeing the movie it still kind of reminds me of the ring and because you said like it's in seattle yeah um has a girl who was adopted and tested on at some like psych facility yeah there's psychic powers and watching old like vhs tapes of like the doctor-patient sessions. Yeah. So it's got some There's a lot of similarities, yeah. Also, the phone thing. The phone thing, yes. I can't believe I forgot to write that. Which, like, still doesn't make sense. Even in this movie, like, I don't know how many years later. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. yeah, they use the phone thing as well for, like, the, the demon or the big bad, whatever it is, to communicate through the phone, which is just kind of funny, but... Mm-hmm. And then, was the, was the facility in the ring also on the side of a cliff? I think it was, right? I don't really remember, but I wouldn't be surprised. Okay. I think that the facility was also on the side of the cliff. And when the sister was driving to the facility mm-hmm. um, in Malignant, um, there was a part where it was, like, showing her face and then, like, the water in the background, and it was, like, blue. 
Yeah. It had that blue thing going on, and I was like, oh, really? Okay. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think in general, it seems like uh, James Wan, like, his style reminds me a lot of, like, horror movies in, like, the early 2000s. Um, obviously with, like, a different twist, but the, like, visuals and the aesthetics are very similar. So I noticed a lot of the signature, like, James Wan, like, zoom-in, pan-out shots, specifically of the house that she, that the main character lived in. Um, we watched a little, like, short, um, I think it's just, it was just a YouTube video, right? I think so. About the conjuring and, like, how James Wan uses, like, certain techniques in his movies. And I feel like ever since we watched that video, it's, like, very clear to me now, like, when those things pop in in other movies. Like, other mo horror movies in general, but also other, like, horror movies that he's directed because it's, like, very specific. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a really cool technique. I don't, I don't think, like, he invented it or anything, but he tends to use it a lot in his movies. So. Mm -hmm. I actually didn't notice it as much. It was, I feel like it was more subtle I guess mm -hmm. maybe I wasn't I just wasn't um they mainly used it in like the establishing shots of the house mm. which was also like a haunted looking house yeah so when I was um looking up things about this movie I found a fact fun fact whatever mm -hmm. that back in 2012 uh James Wan released a graphic novel called Malignant Man and it was about a guy who they thought he had cancer, but it turned out he had a parasitic alien inside mm -hmm. of him, and that it gave him powers. Interesting. And then it said in the fun facts, like, oh, he released a statement that this is not connected to that graphic novel. But it sounds like you took the premise and just tweaked it a little bit. Yeah, and he, he was one of the writers, you know? He didn't write it all by himself. Mm -hmm. I also found out that the, the other screenwriter... Her name is Ingrid Bisu is his wife. Oh. So maybe they maybe she was inspired by his graphic novel or something. But mm -hmm. yeah. There's definitely I feel like way too many sounds like very similar in order for it to not be at least like somewhat inspired by that graphic novel. Yeah. I think it also said too that he the the main character of that he's trying to like find out more about his past. Mm. <laughs> like Come on now. What? And then I was reading reviews of the graphic novel on Goodreads, and somebody was saying that, like, the beginning of it has uh, the feel of, like, um, the Saw movies, because it's, like, a person with, like, cancer who's, like, mm -hmm. uh, doing stuff, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. But it, he wrote he wrote the Saw movies, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he, he directed... I don't know if you wrote them, but oh, he directed okay. them. He directed them? Yeah. So they said that they could, like, see that in there, kind of, and I was like interesting yeah i don't know why he wouldn't just own up to the fact that like his own work inspired more of his own work but yeah yeah that's kind of interesting mm -hmm. i guess this is more of a criticism but i noticed that we were like 15 to 20 minutes into the movie and i still didn't really know what was going on like i didn't really know much about the characters i didn't know like I don't know, I just didn't have any sort of inclination as to where the story was going. Which is, like, I guess it's kind of a critique, but at the same time, I feel like it really was some. It was something that stood out to me in watching the movie. 
and I was just like confused about, you know? Mm -hmm. I thought that the actress for Maddie, which is uh, Annabelle Wallace, looks a lot like Kobe Smulders, who plays oh, yeah. Robin Shabatsky in How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, she does look like her. And I was like, what the fuck? I feel like Kobe Smulders, like her face is a little bit thinner and like maybe a little bit longer, but they do look alike. Mm -hmm. I, I looked up on Google, I typed in both their names and then like pictures of them came up, not like together, but like one and then like another one. And I was like looking between them and I'm like, yeah, just like, I guess, I guess Annabelle Wallace usually has blonde hair. Mm. Um, at least from the pictures that it was pulling up when I typed in her name. Yeah. Uh, but I was like, man, just with her brown hair and like, they have that same like look and like those like eyes, like the same like eye shape that's like kind of like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, I also noticed that the music sometimes, um, just like the way that it like built up and then kind of like released in certain ways it reminded me a lot of like classic horror like movie scores I guess um I feel like there was a few moments particularly because I think the music changed in style like in different scenes mm -hmm. um but I think it was mostly the stuff that took place like in her house that was using like a score that just really reminded me of like classic horror movies like it was very it was a very, like, I don't even know how to describe it, just particular kind of sound, I feel like, that I usually, when I usually hear that kind of sound, I think of, like, a, a classic horror movie. Uh, this movie, I feel like it had a lot of action sequences, like, particularly when, like, Gabriel was on, on screen, um, like, during the chase scene, uh, and also when Gabriel was, like, attacking the cops mm -hmm. and it looked like matrix yeah um that's another thing too is going back to like the way that the intro reminded us of like a tv show i feel like the cop related stuff in this movie and like the crime solving aspect of it, it really reminded me of like a law and order or a csi type of show which like was even more confusing to me because i feel like it shifted the tone of the movie in a in a weird way mm -hmm. um but yeah there was like a lot of like action scenes where they're like you know it kind of plays out as like them trying to solve you know a crimes you know like them trying to solve crimes so then they're chasing this killer and it has more so to do with like that aspect of it than maddie's history with like being adopted and what whatnot so I feel like it was kind of weird in that sense. It, it changed tone like back and forth a few times. I, I have that also mm -hmm. um, related, but not the exact one that you're saying in my didn't like section. So. Yeah. So Gabriel's voice mm -hmm. reminded me of Jigsaw's voice in Saw. Oh, yeah. Um, like that weird, like deep gravelly kind of distorted mm -hmm. voice. Um, and then, which makes sense, because like we said earlier, you know, James Wan directed Saw. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was kind of funny. Um, I also <laughs> wrote in my notes at one point, because we were talking about all the, like, uh, fight and, like, action scenes, right? He, Gabriel really does love an arm breaking. He, like, broke, like, oh, I don't know how many people's so arms. Many. I was like, is that supposed to 
mean something because that was like his like go-to move was like breaking people's arms so i thought that was kind of funny you know i feel like <laughs> i feel like they used the same little prosthetic thing to show the fake bone on everyone because it was always like right here yeah and it was always like this little bit of bone sticking maybe they had like, like ah! maybe they had like a surplus of prosthetics and they're like oh okay well we might as well use them might as well just break arms a lot yeah so i thought that was kind of funny i just thought it was kind of funny that and also gross that the lady um i forgot her name starts with an r the the um the guy cop's partner? Oof, I don't remember. Oh, I don't remember her name. I know it started with an R. Um, she was eating a lollipop in the morgue, or not morgue, the dissection room, the room where they yeah. figure out what's wrong with the body. Yeah. And I was like, ugh. Yeah, it's pretty nasty. It reminds me too of like when you're in like, uh, high school or when you're in college and you're doing a chemistry lab they tell you like don't have any food items in here because mm -hmm. there's like chemicals and if you're like eating stuff the chemicals in the air is gonna like go into your food and you're gonna eat it mm, that's bad so i have a question for you oh really yeah so we talked about the whole phone call situation right mm -hmm. and that's kind of how gabriel would communicate with maddie and whatnot so they have the scene where they're doing like the interrogation of Maddie when they think that she's the one that kidnapped that lady who turned out to be her biological mom. Mm -hmm. And but she gets a phone call from Gabriel, right? So how did she do that? I feel like they were trying to do too much with Gabriel. Yeah. That they were trying to make it like paranormal to, and then like trying to be like, well, it's not paranormal. It's actually Right. He's really in there, and yeah. it's a real, a real physical thing. Mm -hmm. But they like didn't think about the consequences of what that means for like the rest of the movie. Like yeah. I don't understand why he has like psychic powers and is able to like manipulate um, electricity and like make phone calls and stuff. Like it doesn't really make any sense. And like, is, like he actually, is he actually like a devil, right. or is he like or a demon? Um, or is he, he's just, he's just something in her head, in her head, mm -hmm. not like in her head, like fake, but like in her head, like literally like yeah. fucking Voldemort back there. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I don't know, man. I didn't think it made sense. It didn't. And, and it also is reminiscent of the ring in that sense because Samara started out as something that was like paranormal, but then it turned out that she was real and she had the sort of backstory where she was experimented on, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then at the end, she still, like, goes back to being somewhat paranormal. And like you said, it has those all those abilities that just don't really make sense with the rest of the story. So, I mean, I'm with you on that. I was My question was more, ju more so just to, like, bring up the point that some shit didn't add up, you know? At the beginning, when they're in the hospital facility thing, um, the camera, like, really wanted you to see that, who you think at that point is Gabriel, I guess it is Gabriel, but do you see that Gabriel's wearing, like, purple socks with, like, pandas on them? Yeah. And I feel like they were trying to show us that, like, these are, like, typically girly socks. Mm hmm and so, like, I think that was supposed to be, like, sort of, like, in a way, like, giving us a clue. Yeah. That, 
Gabriel's on the back of Maddie's. Mm -hmm. Or Gabriel and Maddie are connected. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then they had like a a theme. Not theme. Yeah, I guess theme. I don't know. Uh, throughout where, like, a lot of the time when Gabriel would take over and would go to kill people, red light would appear. Mm. So there was, like, the red light in the hospital. There was a red light when he was killing the doctor in that hotel room from the light on the other hotel. Yeah. And then there was also a red light again when, um, when... Gabriel, you see Gabriel take over Maddie and he goes into the jail to kill people and there's like a red light. I did, I will say that I thought, I noticed the red light thing and I also thought it was pretty cool the way that they did like the transformation from like what she thought, like where she was and what she was seeing when Gabriel was killing. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a cool representation I guess of the fact that he was taking over her body. Um, it reminded me a little bit of insidious i think just because in insidious there's like an astral projection situation going on so um i don't really quite remember if they show it in the same way that they show the fact that she's like sitting back and looking at gabriel do all these things but it, i think it's similar because like they see themselves like leave their body and uh you know and do whatever they need to do. You haven't seen Insidious, huh? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. I, it's pretty good. I think we could we could probably watch it for an episode. Let us know if you want us to watch it. <laughs> um. Oh, I read I read in one of those like fun facts that people think that um, when Maddie was in the hospital, when the cop is there. And she says, oh, yeah, she's been like this for two days. She won't eat anything. She won't talk. Mm -hmm. And people, the, the article I was reading said that they think that she was being taken over by Gabriel and, like, stuck in that, like, you know, oh, thing yeah. for two days. And she was just, like, you know, thinking that she was living, right. doing whatever for two days. But he was, like, yeah, taking over or something. So, Danielle, mm -hmm. what did you like about this movie? What did I like? I will say first off that I think that the acting was really good from um, Maddie and Gabriel. So, uh, like we said before, Maddie is played by Annabelle Wallace, and then Gabriel is played by uh, Marina Mazeppa. Mazeppa, and I think that they both did a really good job, especially playing Gabriel and having to like run backwards and like do all these things like behind your back is like pretty crazy. Right. So something that I liked was the cinematography and the directing. Um, I think that usually that's what like James Wan's movies are like pretty good at. Um, I feel like the high production value really stands out. Like obviously he's kind of a big shot now in like the horror genre. So I'm sure he has like huge budgets on his films. I... I specifically like the scene where we get like a bird's eye view from like the top of the house when she's running around and then I thought about after the fact I guess this maybe it could have gone in symbolism but I think it's supposed to be like the it's supposed to call back to the fact that she was like somewhat of a lab rat I guess 
because she's like running around in her house and we kind of get that view that you would get from like you know a, a mouse or a rat running in a in a little maze or whatever so I thought that was pretty cool I, yeah. I was like I see I see the production value here like there's you know at least there's that I was wondering I wrote in my notes that I thought it, I wrote it as a it was a dollhouse overhead view whatever but I don't know how how do they do that like like Especially when it's on the lower floors, like, they have to, like, do a rig with, like, the camera on the ceiling or something, or... Yeah, I mean, for the most part, sound stages don't have a ceiling mm -hmm. for that, for that same reason, because they want to be able to access, like, the rafters, and, like, that's where all the lighting comes from and everything, so, yeah. But, but it was a, I guess, okay, I guess it, what you see on the outside doesn't necessarily... Not at all. Okay. Well, also, if you think it's a lower floor, it's probably not. It's just crap floor. But it's built probably separately. Yeah, there's a lot of trickery going on with stuff like that. Oh, um, I had also written down that there was really cool camera angles and shots and stuff. Um, and I thought also another one was that was cool was when they did the the fan that was in the attic and the, they took the camera and like tilted it like from mm. coming out of the fan so it's like you were like the air coming out of the fan. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, yeah. that was pretty cool um, and then also when you see the shot of the the one old guy doctor was going to go into his bed and you're just like under the bed mm -hmm. um, and then his, you see his feet like right there and then they go up and then he turns off the light and then it's just the red light from yeah. the window and you're just like under the bed and like you know like Gabriel's coming yeah he's coming oh, that was really cool um speaking of that scene I think the lighting in general I think I really liked it was very like moody and just it just really set the scene I feel like and that's another thing like kind of going off of what I've already said about James Wan and his style of directing and everything it's got a very like I guess unique and like defined visual style um, which I think is really cool because you know it, it kind of makes me think of like uh, Hitchcock or something like that not to compare too much because you know they're different and and I think definitely Hitchcock is like more highly regarded than James Wan obviously um, but I think they're similar in the sense that they have like their stamp like their style that's like or like Stanley Kubrick too. Like you see, you watch a movie and you know that that's a Kubrick movie or that's a Hitchcock movie. I think that in his filmography, I think that James Wan is kind of like building up to that status. So I think that's really cool. Yeah, I agree. Well, when we were watching this movie, I, I thought that like, just like you said, the way that it looked, mm -hmm. looked like the Conjuring movies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. I thought that the once the entire premise was like finally laid out and they like let us into what was actually going on, mm -hmm. I did think it was like an interesting and like pretty unique, you know, storyline. Um, I also really appreciated the fact that in like the James Wan universe, this was a standalone mm -hmm. uh, movie and not a prequel or a sequel or something like that. Mm -hmm. It was like completely standalone, uh, an original script, maybe not an amazing script, but an original script with an original story so I feel like that that fact and like the premise itself is pretty is pretty good it just wasn't executed the best way but we'll get into that yeah I liked at the end 
how they like trick the audience into thinking that Sydney and the mom, the biological mom, die. Yeah. I was like, I, I turned to Paula when, when it happened in the movie and I was like, what? <laughs> Wait, what? I thought I, she wasn't gonna die. Yeah, I was like, what? Come on. And then, like, as I was writing the notes, damn, wasn't expecting Sydney or the mom to die. Like, as I was in the middle of writing it, then it, like, showed that they didn't actually die. And I was mm-hmm. like, JK. <laughs> so I yeah. thought that was cool. Yeah. Speaking of the end, too, I, I also like the way that it ended. Mm-hmm. And I was a little bit worried just from the way that the movie was unfolding that it was going to give us this, like, I guess, aftermath of, like, Maddie post-Gabriel, where she's, like, happy and, like, maybe she had a kid and, like, this, like, unnecessary ending showing us, like, everything coming full circle. So I was afraid that that was going to happen. I could definitely see the movie going that way. So I am glad that it ended, uh, you know, I guess earlier than that. Mm -hmm. And, And they didn't show any of the aftermath of this whole situation because I feel like it was already long enough of a movie and for them to like tack that on it definitely would have been like another minus on like in my book but I do like the way that it ended I thought it was like okay we're done telling this story like this was the end of it so Mm -hmm. yeah I agree very clean ending Mm -hmm. I was trying to think I was like man if they keep going they're gonna have to show us like she has to be held responsible for killing an entire fucking department of police officers. You yep. can't just be like, um... It was actually Gabriel. The demon in my on the back of my head made me do it. <laughs> you can't see him right now because he's asleep, but he did it. Yeah. So. I mean, the reality of, of whatever happened after that would probably involve, you know, Maddie going to, like, a mental hospital or something like that. Mm-hmm. Which, maybe that's why they stopped it where they did, because they didn't want to, like, make it an unrealistic resolution, so. I thought that this movie could be, could have a reading of, like, Gabriel being, like, a symbolic representation of either PTSD or, or like, a coping mechanism or something, because he, the way that he appears is after, um... Maddie's piece of shit husband smashes her head on the wall mm-hmm. and I was like damn and then they're saying that he was present before when she was younger and she was having trouble like yeah adjusting into a new family and stuff like that and like mm-hmm. going from living in a hospital to like having a normal life so yeah um and then at the end too when she like locks him up and she's like putting him in check and she says, like, oh, it's my mind, my body, my everything. And she, she's kind of, like, reclaiming herself and, like, saying, like, I'm not going to let this, um, you know, take control of me. I'm going to control it. Right. And yeah, that's that's so. true. That's a good, I guess, like, interpretation. Mm-hmm. So, Paula, what did you not like about this movie? <laughs> well... I kind of already touched on this point earlier, but I really didn't like the fact that it took so long to get to where it was going. Granted, once it got to where it was, go- it was going, it definitely picked up and um, it made me like feel more engaged in the story, but it took them too long to get there. I feel like I felt for like the good first half or the, or the first chunk of the movie that I couldn't really be like invested in the in Maddie as a main character 
that I wasn't really like the stakes just didn't seem that high you know what I mean because there was no clear explanation about what was going on mm -hmm. so I get a reveal obviously like the Gabriel thing is, is somewhat of a reveal because then we find out that it's actually her and her body's being taken over but I feel like there was a missing piece or something in the first half of the movie where we're just seeing Maddie go through all these weird things and then seeing all these people get killed and then seeing like the CSI you know law and order cop aspect of it mm -hmm. all those things just weren't connecting well and that made me like not really care you know yeah. what I mean so it wasn't until like the later half that I was like okay I get it now but did you have to do all this in order to get to you know work it got so mm -hmm. that was like one of the first things that stood out to me that I was like eh you know I don't really like that like I said earlier I feel like they're trying to do so much with Gabriel by making him like real but also like some like non-physical like demon thing mm -hmm. that it made the vibe of the movie very flippy floppy and I feel like the the cop aspect also now that you mention it like added to that because they were trying to go for like realistic and like physical like especially with the chase scene and stuff yeah. like that pulled it out of being um paranormal or demonic or something and then mm -hmm. so it just kept on like pushing like back and forth like no you should feel like this way about this movie that it's that it's like you know it's like not physical it's not like actually something there like it's it's like demon related or something yeah so it's like they kept on it they kept on like going back and forth and because of that like uh i feel like some of the things didn't add up and stuff like that um i don't know they're going between medical and monster versus like demon paranormal stuff um I like how when they were showing the street lamp in the beginning and then like a shadow of a person and then like the door opening and closing and mm -hmm. Maddie like locking it and then it would just open. I feel like they they were trying to like throw us off. Mm -hmm. Like, which is kind of, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like maybe they felt the need to insert all of these like horror, like quote unquote horror elements in order to like draw in the audience or something. But mm -hmm. I think it had the opposite effect. I feel like if they would have gotten to to the core story faster it would have been a much more engaging movie i feel like also they were doing some weird stuff with that that gabriel couldn't be in the light every time that's like why he would turn the lights off and yeah. i didn't understand i don't understand like what they're doing with that that made it seem like um that Was one vampire <laughs> oh yeah that one movie where there's like mannequins that like move in the oh, night yeah and they, they have to turn all the lights off, and then, like, they had to keep a light on. I don't know. It seemed like they were going with that. I don't know if maybe because they don't want you to know that it's, like, Maddie on the backside of him or something. I don't know. Yeah. The last thing that I thought that didn't make sense was that in the beginning, Maddie is attacked by Gabriel. What? <laughs> she huh? runs up the stairs from him, but... Yeah. I don't... Maybe she was... I mean, I don't know. She was imagining it, I guess? I guess. Maybe in that weird, like, state where they were both able to be, like, present. Like, in the end, when they were both able to, like, face each other. Yeah. Uh, maybe it was something like that. 
but it seemed like it was happening in like in like a real like real time real location or something not mm -hmm. that like not that weird like dissolving away yeah mental thing right so i don't know i was like yeah that's oh. kind of funny i don't know shit don't add up she's like punching back of her head or something <laughs> <laughs> so i'm sure you'll agree with me on this one mm -hmm. there were some really silly moments that i think were not meant to be silly mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. i feel like that kind of stuff like obviously like comedy and horror great love it it's like a really good i feel like it's a really good um mix because mm -hmm. it's like a little bit of a juxtaposition of like being really scared and then laughing like it's a release right so it's it's a good thing but when you get to to a movie that has like comedic moments that aren't meant to be comedic i feel like that's when you get to a place that is like not good yeah because for me personally it like takes me out of the story like i don't know there's i think i think um i don't know if it happens too much in his other movies but in this movie specifically i feel like james wan like turns up the drama to a place where it kind of like goes into funny you know mm -hmm. like it's mm -hmm. so dramatic that it's funny it's it's cheesy it's cheesy yeah yes. yeah exactly yeah it's cheesy yeah. it's just like too much mm -hmm. and i did think that there were some like purposeful like comedic moments specifically with the second cop the the lady cop um where that were supposed to be funny but those weren't funny and those were the ones that were supposed to be funny so it was just kind of like weird a weird combination of like extreme dramatic scenes that were that just didn't i think just didn't play out the way that they were intended to mm -hmm. and just were funny when they weren't supposed to be funny yes so it was just kind of weird a little, little too much you know cheese mm-hmm because I, I do like some cheesiness in horror movies, but I feel like that, that was the wrong kind of cheese. That was the wrong cheese. I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, I think that was, like, specifically happened a lot more in the beginning of the movie. I feel like the beginning of the movie had a different feel to it mm -hmm. versus, like, later on when they actually, like, start revealing more information. But in the yeah. beginning... Um, I think also what, what made some of those scenes really cheesy is some of the music choices that they chose. Mm -hmm. I feel like in the beginning half of the movie, the the music did not add up, well, did not fit with what was going on. Especially the particular scene that I'm thinking of is when Maddie reveals to Sydney that she's adopted. The music gets so loud, and it's not even like like the typical like horror movie music yeah. that you would expect. It's like this weird, I don't even know, 80s, like, <laughs> beep-boop music. I don't know. It was, like, really dumb. It didn't fit the, yeah. the, the tone. And they do, the... like, a zoom in to, like, her face or something. Yeah. It was just... It, it ruined the moment. I literally yeah. wrote, like, the music ruined this moment. Yeah. It was just... That's a good example of one of those, like, really dramatic moments that were meant to be shocking but ended up just being funny because they mm -hmm. were just not... Handled properly. Yeah. Maybe. Or done know. well or something. Yeah. I don't know. So I think that this is one thing that I didn't like that we differ in. Mm -hmm. So I thought the acting wasn't that great. 
really? Yeah, I think, um, I, obviously I don't want to discredit, like, the actress. I think that she's probably a really good actress with a really good career. So I don't want to say that, like, she's a shit actress because that's not my opinion. But I do think that in this movie particularly, I just wasn't buying her character, if that makes sense. Like, and I don't even know if it has more to do with, like, the the um the script or maybe even the direction like maybe she was being directed to do certain things or or act a certain way but i just i didn't buy her character her character wasn't like believable or relatable i feel like usually especially in horror movies a main character is supposed to be that like emotional anchor right it's supposed to be the person that you really care about and that you really root for and that you say god i hope they make it through you know, X, Y, and Z, fucking demonic possession or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I feel like whatever was going on with her, either as an actress or with Maddie as a character, wasn't holding that weight for me. I wasn't like totally emotionally invested in her character. And you know what? It could have, like I said, it could have been a directing thing. It could have been a script thing. It could have also been all of the, all of the elements in the movie around Maddie's character that just didn't make it so that it was you know as successful of a connection um because of those goofy moments or because of whatever sort of things like that we already criticized right mm -hmm. so I feel like maybe it was all those things combined that made it so that Maddie wasn't as uh as much of an emotional anchor in my opinion mm -hmm. um so I don't know. I feel like it was kind of lacking in that sense. I feel like I could have really had this movie been done a little bit differently or maybe had her performance been a little bit different. I would have really like bought into her character, especially given the fact that she is like somebody who was in an abusive marriage and who had been going through like apparently several miscarriages. Like, you know, there, there's stuff there to kind of hold on to and to like relate to, but maybe it was just not working with with like her performance or the setting that she was in mm. um i don't know i just wasn't i just wasn't buying it okay now that you you mention it that way i was thinking of like the more like uh surface level acting i guess mm -hmm. um or performance of just like the like looking scared and like yelling and like yeah that kind of stuff but like when you mention that now I can kind of see that I think I was caring more about the sister Sydney surviving yeah rather than her mm -hmm. um and I think part of what has to do with that is that she Maddie is very sort of like confused all the time and like doesn't like and very I don't know I feel like she doesn't have any opinion on anything yeah, I think she's one note. She's, like, just always scared, and that's pretty much it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I feel like, like you said, that they didn't... Maybe they didn't give her enough dialogue to, like, show off that she was dealing with things. Mm -hmm. I feel like they kind of made up for it in the end of, uh, with her being, like, you know, oh, it's like, my bond with you, sister, is, like, the strongest thing. Like, mm -hmm. it's good. it's good enough for me, and I should have realized it all along. And, like, yeah, I'm taking over my life and stuff I feel like that kind of makes up a little bit at the end but like yeah throughout she doesn't really do much she's just always confused or scared or just like there 
Mm -hmm. So my the last thing that I didn't like was the dialogue. I don't think like it was overall really bad. I think there were really bad moments. Um, it was like really expository in a way that like wasn't natural and it made the movie like less believable I guess. Um, so for example, in the beginning, when we see Maddie with her husband, with her piece of shit husband, mm -hmm. and, um, she gets home and she's, he's watching TV or something, and then they get into this fight, and he's like, um, maybe you need to stop getting pregnant, or like, how many of those, how many kids am I gonna have to watch die inside your body, or something like that. Like, it was just very, like robots let me tell get... you what happened oh. instead of showing you what happened you know like or, or i don't know it could have been done in like so many other different more creative ways like mm. they could have told us a little bit about maddie's backstory and her marriage and her like failed pregnancies and stuff like that without having to have him literally say like how many babies am i gonna have to watch die or something like that it was just like to me, it was just, like, overly, you know, expository in a way that I just didn't really like. Mm -hmm. um, so I feel like there was little bits here and there sprinkled throughout the movie that were similar to that. They were, like, more about telling you about what happened so that you kind of just have that piece of information in order to move forward with the narrative instead of taking a more creative approach to... To like show you how how something happened or why it happened you know mm -hmm. so I feel like that was you know something that I didn't really like so Danielle what did you rate this movie I gave this movie a 7.4 out of 10 shrimpy back of the head Voldemort's <laughs> shrimpy <laughs> he looked like a little shrimpy thing with his little arms that were hanging off <laughs> that's funny <laughs> right yeah he kind of did so Paola what did you rate this movie so I'm rating this movie a 6.5 out of 10 morgue lollipops. <laughs> mm, yummy. Tastes like morgue. Tastes like dead body. <laughs> if you'll get the toe jingle flavor. So that's it for today's episode. We hope you guys enjoyed it. If you've seen this movie, let us know what you thought in the comments. Um, if you have any comments or questions or movie suggestions, you can email us at danielleandpala at gmail.com. And then if you want to follow us on social media, we have Instagram, and our handle is Hysterified Podcast. Um, we like to post little updates on there and stuff like that. Uh, and then we also have a Twitter, and our Twitter is Hysterified Pod. And uh, also we post some stuff on there every once in a while. Yeah. Uh, interact with you guys on there. And then, if you're listening on the Apple Podcast app, uh, go ahead and leave us a rating and a review. We appreciate it very much. So thank you for listening or watching, and we will see you on our next episode. Bye! Bye.